I'm really excited because my friend, Pastor Derek and Russell Ann Wilson are in town with us. They've been with us Friday night for marriage, Saturday morning for parenting, Saturday night for pastoral counseling for Brandy and me. Amen. We needed that. And, and, and now they're here this morning. They have four amazing kids. One of them is in New York doing ballet. The other one's at SMU trying to graduate. And the, the third one, their boy is in high school and their fourth son is adopted and he's five years old and they're just tremendous in every way this couple's amazing and what we've been trying to instill in our culture is give honor to whom honors do so would you stand on your feet and help welcome pastor Derek wilson to the stage this morning standing ovation uh, i do have the mic on now so it only gets worse from here. If I got to stand, I haven't said anything. Um, hey, it's great to be at Luminous Church. I really love your pastor. Pastor Ben and Brandy, these are amazing people. My wife and I are in a lot of churches, and uh, we love what's happening right here. There's a great spirit on this church. This church is positioned by God's hand to do great things. And I'm just thrilled, my wife and I are thrilled to be here. We were able to be a part of a seminar with you and now be, to be with you on a Sunday morning service. It's really uh, a tremendous honor. So thank you for allowing us to be here. Well, uh, I come from Milestone Church. Uh, Milestone Church uh, started in Keller, Texas uh, 15 years ago. Pastor Jeff Little and Brandy uh, are the pastors, lead pastors at Milestone Church. And my wife and I came on the team shortly after the church was planted and Man, we started in a, in a hotel, and then we went to a school, and then we went to this broken-down facility, and then we, we've, been, we've had all types of different homes. We finally moved into our permanent resting place a year ago at Easter, one year ago, and we built a campus on 55 acres that we have there in, in Keller, North Keller, which is North Fort Worth. And this, past, uh, this Easter, we had 13,000 in attendance um, this Easter. It was amazing. Uh, we just were celebrating what God's doing. We've grown by 2,000 people in one year, and there's just exciting things happening um, at our main campus in Keller. Russell Ann and I planted our, started our satellite campus, which is in McKinney, Texas, which is North Dallas, and we are thrilled to be there. Uh, we're excited about what God's doing in McKinney. We're raising our family there, and uh, we love raising kids, and uh, we're just, we love being a part of the local church and what God is doing in the local church. Well, let me jump in here. Uh, you've got you version, you've got my notes there, and I want to talk today about the faith-filled family. I want to talk to you about a faith-filled family. Now, some of you are looking at me like, wait a minute, Derek, I'm not married. I don't have a family yet. Or maybe you're a single mom, or maybe you're in a different stage of life, and it's okay, because what I'm going to share with you today, I believe you can apply to any difficult or challenging situation that you're going through. Any situation that you're going through. Let me start off with a story. Um, you guys are a part of Every Nation, this great group of churches that sends out missionaries everywhere. Every Nation is very missional. And uh, Russell and I love that about Every Nation. And so um, a few years ago, there was a young lady. She's a missionary sent out by Every Nation. And she was in the Middle East. And that's where she was doing her missions work. And if you've been to the Middle East, wow, it's, it's tough, tough ground to do mission work. 
to build a church in the Middle East is, is very difficult, very challenging. And man, she's given several years of her life to doing missions work through every nations there. And she's worked and prayed and fasted and worked among the people there. And the people are wonderful, but it's hard ground. It's difficult. And so she's about to, to go back to the United States, about to, to start her new life uh, back in the States. And she's single, young, and so she's excited about this transition. But she still has a heart for the people in the Middle East. So she's walking along the beach on her last day there. She walks along and she looks down. There's a bottle. It's a bottle on the beach. She picks it up and really it, it's, it's this bottle and it's, it's covered with sand. And she starts to wipe off the sand. And when she does, a genie pops out of this bottle. I mean, she can't believe it. It's just like this is, I can't, this genie pops out of the bottle. And she's startled. She can't believe it. And the genie says, thank you. Thank you for releasing me. I'm so grateful to you that I'm going to grant you one wish. Whatever you ask, you've got it. I've got the power to make anything you want happen. What is your one wish? And so she thinks about it for a while, and she has this heart for the Middle East. And so she says, you know what, Jeannie, if that's his name, Jeannie, um, I, I would really like for there to be peace in the Middle East. I mean, that's, that's my greatest desire. And she pulls out her iPhone, and, and uh, she shows him a map of the Middle East. She said, right here, I, I want peace in this part of the world. And the genie listens to that and goes, wow, whew, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but I'm kind of from that region and uh, been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, people in this region, the, the, the part of the map, your point, they've been fighting for thousands of years. I mean, they've been fighting for thousands of years, and there's been all types of peace efforts, and, and it's never worked. It's never happened in the Middle East. There is no peace, and it's difficult, and it's challenging. People, and they've been fighting forever. Uh, I'm not sure if I can pull that one off. Is, is there anything else I can do for you? And so she thinks about it for a while, and she says, you know, I'm just about to go back home to the States, and I'm kind of dreaming of getting married and, and, and having a husband and raising a family. And so here, here's my second desire. Could, could you, Jeannie, could you, Jeannie, maybe, could you conjure up for me a husband, a man who, who will love to talk with me? A, a, a man who doesn't want to watch sports, who doesn't like ESPN, who doesn't even have a remote. A man who wants to put down the iPad and, and go into engaging conversation with me that will look deep into my soul and emotionally connect with me at the deepest level. A man who loves to go shopping, who will love to change diapers, and a man who is committed to, to being at home on time and, and just loving me and spending time with me. And the genie says, um, let's take a look at that map again. The, this, uh, let's go back to that Middle East thing, and let me see if I can conjure something up. That's, that's a funny joke. You kind of laughed, and thank you. Look, the first, the first service, I laughed a lot more than you did. I, I don't know. I thought maybe they'd be asleep, but it's maybe you guys, but they really laughed at that one. I, I've got to win you guys over a little bit more. The difficult thing, that, that joke has a little bit of a bite for me because my wife made it up. Um, that's better. You're coming around. Come on, listen, the more you laugh, the faster we get out of here. Because really, it helps my insecurity. When you laugh, I feel better. I preach shorter, and we go home. Instead of us being here three hours, I'll cut it back to like 30 minutes. All right, hey, listen, let's jump into the message. Um, I want to talk to you today about the faithful family. 
You know, God is a family man. God's committed to the family. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he says, pray this way. When you pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven. So we pray to our Father. Listen, even if you're not married, even if you don't have a family, you're a part of the family of God because God sees the world through family. He's a family man. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. The Bible uses a lot of family language when it describes God and when it describes you and I. The Bible almost always uses family language when it describes us. Now, raising a family, building a family is a difficult thing. We're created in God's image, and so God wants us to think in family terms. But let me tell you something, it's challenging today to build a healthy marriage. It's challenging in the environment in which we live to take our children and help build them into the men and women that God has called them to be. It's a, it's a big challenge. It's very, very difficult. And we have a problem in the world in which we live today is that our culture is fighting against us building healthy marriages. Our culture is really opposed to us connecting our children to the destiny God designed and created for them. Our culture has its own ideas of the road in which our children should take. Our culture has its own ideas in the type of marriage that you should have or that you shouldn't have. Our culture has a lot to say about that. It's difficult for us today to build faith-filled families in the environment in which we live. But this whole idea of marriage, it came from God. It's God's idea. Let me give you the marriage idea that we see in Genesis chapter 2 in verses 24 through 25. It says this, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. The idea of marriage was created by God. It's an institution that he designed. And really, marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant between you and your spouse and between God himself. And God thought of the idea of marriage. God designed marriage to elevate the quality of your life. The reason that God designed marriage and came up with this idea of the family, the reason that he thought it up and put it together and that he defined it, the reason he did that is because he wants to elevate the quality of your life. Now, our culture says that marriage, traditional marriage, is designed to degrade the quality of your life. God says just the opposite. I've created informed marriage because I want to elevate the quality of your life. There are certain things that you won't be able to experience unless you enter into this covenant that I'm giving to you. And so that's how God thinks about marriage. So you may be married and you've moved along to this marriage thing and you started having kids. Man, that's a different world, isn't it? Having kids. It's a, it's a different world. Man, this marriage thing was going along great, and then you started having kids. And now it's, it's a different world, and um, you need a plan. 
And the Bible gives us a parenting plan. We find it in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. It says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And my wife and I have that quoted on all of our kids' rooms. All of the uh, parents are excited about that one. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now watch this. Fathers... Do not exasperate your children. My son loves to quote that to me. Hey, Dad, remember? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Now, those of you who are parents and raising kids, or maybe you're around it, uh, I'm going to give you a few funny quotes about the family and kids and marriage. Um, The first one is this. "Everyone Everyone knows how to raise kids except for those who have them. Here's another one that says this, if you have never been hated by your child, you've never been a parent. The quickest way for a parent to get their children's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Hey, here's one. Always be nice to your children because they're the ones who are going to choose the rest home that you retire in. I love this one right here. Listen to this. Most children threaten to run away from time to time. This is the only thing that keeps most parents sane. (laughs) This is great. Listen to this. Parents. When my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. And when they're finished, I climb out of it. (laughs) Here's the last one. I believe that what parents must do most is give their kids a great education so that when they have it, they can go to a college that I can't afford. Isn't that funny? I mean, it is difficult and challenging raising kids, and there's a lot of obstacles that we face in our marriage. But I want to give you a principle this morning that I think can help you in no matter what stage of life that you're in. When you and I set out to do something noble, like build a great marriage, when you and I set out to do a great task, like connect our children to the destiny that God has designed for them, when we set out to do something great, there's a process in which we go through. There's a process, and it looks something like this. There's a start There's a starting line to that process. The start of your marriage is when you stood before a pastor and you said, I do. You took that covenant. You took the oath and you you, uh, made a covenant with God and you and your spouse said, here we go. It starts. It begins. There's a starting line. You start as a parent when when you have your first child. There's a starting line. But then once you get started, there's the middle. You start and then there's the middle. And you get into this thing and, man, it's difficult. It's challenging. All kinds of curveballs are thrown at you. And I mean, you start raising kids and you get one kid and you and your spouse, you've got this thing handled, but you get two kids and now you've got to play, you know, man-to-man uh, defense. And then you get three kids and now you're playing zone. And if you go above that, man, forget it. It's, it's all over. It's difficult. It gets complicated. In the middle, things are very hard. But then there's a finish line. My parents made it to the finish line. My mom and dad had been married for 57 years. My father passed away two months ago, and my, they had a great marriage, raised three 
uh, great boys, well, maybe two, I'm the middle, uh, and that's my problem, that's why I'm in counseling, but uh, they made it to the finish line. So there's a start, there's a middle, and there's a finish line. So um, look at Luke chapter 8 with me. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. I want to share with you a story that Jesus reveals to us in the Gospels, in this passage, that I believe can help you in the greatest difficulty that you're facing in your life. Whatever the greatest struggle that you're facing right now, I believe that this simple little principle about the start, the middle, and the finish can help you. Let me read this story. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, now notice this, one day Jesus said, one day Jesus said, Jesus says this, this is the Son of God, this is the Jesus who stood with God at creation of the universe, creation of the galaxy, creation that formed all the stars that we know. uh, Your worship leader talked about how creation makes noise, how creation worships God and makes noise. There's tremendous noise in the universe today. Take, for example, just our sun alone. The heat that we experience that radiates from our sun, um, and our sun is a small star in comparison to most stars. Most of the heat that you and I feel from our sun doesn't come from the explosion and the burning that happens of the gases on the sun. Doesn't it doesn't come from nuclear fission, which is happening on the sun. It comes from friction. Our sun is so large, and there's these massive platelets on our sun, and those platelets move up and down, and they rub against each other. And when they do, they create so much friction and so much noise that the majority of the heat that we feel comes from the friction of those plates moving against each other. That's how much noise there is in the universe. This is the same Jesus who made that happen, who says to 12 guys, hey, listen, here's what he says. Let's go over to the other side. Jesus, God himself, says to these 12 guys, let's go over to the other side of the lake. There's a boat right here. Let's get in this boat, you and I. I'm going to get in with you. Jesus didn't say, hey, you guys get in there, and I'll walk on the water and see you over there in a little while. He didn't say that. He said, let's get, I'm going to get in the boat with you, and let's go over to the other side. So they got in the boat, and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep, and a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind, the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the wind and the water, and they obey him. This little story and this small story, there's great application for you and I to be able to get through whatever you and I are going through. In your notes, here's some application. Number one, when you're in the middle When you're in the middle and it looks like you're going under, you're in the middle of the storm in your marriage. You're in the middle of a great difficulty with your teenage son or daughter. You're in the middle of a great financial pressure that looks like there's no way you can overcome this. 
you're in the middle of a tremendous challenge with, uh, at, your, at your field of occupation. You're in the middle of a, of a terrible challenge in your job, and it looks like you're going under. Here's what, Jesus, here's what uh, verse 24 says. The disciples went and woke him up and said, Master, Master, we are going to drown. They said to God, we're going under. You said get in the boat. You said we're going from here to there. We're saying we're going under. This thing isn't working. Yeah, I know you created the universe and all the stars and you did all of that. And that's amazing. That's awesome. But this lake is taking us down. How many of you have been in the middle? And maybe in your marriage or maybe you've heard a couple that you're working with said, this isn't working. We are going down. We are going under. My kid, man, this thing isn't working at home. We're going down. This thing isn't going to happen. Financially, we are so deep in debt, we are going down. That's what it looks like in the middle. Number two, when you're in the middle, remember what God said to you at the start. God always speaks at the start. That's the reason why there's a beginning, because God spoke and the universe came into existence. God spoke at our marriage when Russell and I got married and we made a covenant and he said, I'm getting in the boat with you. Jesus said this, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. Let us go from here to there. We're going to go over to the other side. The disciples said, no, 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 we're going under. We're going under God. Look, I I'm not sure if you're really aware of this. I mean, you spend a lot of time in heaven and all, and here we are on earth, and this is stuff called water. (laughs) I don't know, but we we just don't float very well. I mean, you may, God, you you can walk on water, but God, we're going down. This thing isn't working. We're going down. Jesus said, no, no, I'm with you. We're going over. Number three, when you're in the middle, stand on overcoming faith. Stand on the overcoming faith that God has given you. Here's verse 25 says, Jesus said, where is your faith? When the disciples said, we're going under, Jesus said to them, where is your faith? Where is your overcoming faith that will take you over? Where is the faith that I deposited in you? The Bible says that each and every one of us have the gift of faith that's been deposited inside of us, and we only need a mustard seed of it. We only need a small amount of faith to overcome any situation, any difficulty that you and I encounter. We only need, the Bible says, a small measure, and God's given it to all of us. And Jesus said, hey, oh, guys, where's your faith? Where is your overcoming faith? Let me define faith for you. It's two things. Number one, it's a confidence towards God. When you and I have faith for our family, when we have faith for our marriage, when we have faith for our finances, the difficulties that we're facing, what we're doing is we place our confidence in God. Not in the circumstances that are speaking loudly to us, but we put our confidence in God. Number two, commitment to His will for your life. God has a will for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And in that will, watch this, there's a start, there's a middle, and there's a finish. And God is committed your finish. He's already got you started. You've already started. You may be in the middle right now experiencing tremendous difficulty, but God through faith, your faith is committed to your finish. Listen to this, folks. Faith 
overcomes your middle. The middle that you're in right now, that financial challenge that you're in right now, that marriage difficulty that you're, that you're experiencing and that you don't think there's any way out of it. You think it's completely impossible to heal this rift within your relationships. It looks like it's overcoming you. You feel like you are drowning in the middle. You feel like you're going under and you're like the disciples and you're coming to God and saying, God, we're going down here. This thing is going down. Remember, God is in the boat with you. God's in the boat with you. And when you started, God said to you, we're going from here over to there. We're going over. We're not going under. The world's telling you you're going to go under. Your circumstances are saying you're going to go under. Your thought life is telling you we're going under. God said, no, 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 we're not. Because I'm here. I'm in the boat with you, and we are going over. Let me conclude with one passage. One short passage from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says this. And I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, that's your start. God has begun a good work in you. The Bible says, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that he has. I'm positive that God has begun a good work in each and every one of you in the church. Each and every one of you that are here at Luminous Church, you are in God's work. In fact, this is the boat that you get into with God, that God promises we're going to go from here to there. This is the boat, and you're in it right now. There's a start. And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace. That's the middle. God has to keep right on helping you and I grow in his grace. The scriptures there, the, the, the original language is, I have to keep on helping you. I have to keep on working with you. I'm going to keep on sowing into you. I'm going to keep on building into you because you're in the middle and I know it. I'm with you in the boat. I'm with you in the middle, in that difficulty. I'm with you when the enemy's lying to you, trying to steal from you and take from you. I'm with you when, you're, when the culture around you is telling you, you're not going to make it doing this Christian thing. You're not going to make it doing this church thing. It isn't going to work. I'm with you. And then the verse goes on and says this, until his task within you is finally finished. God is going to take you and I to the finish line. God's purpose is to take you to the finish. And we have scriptures upon scripture upon scripture that promises and give us the same pattern that God starts a beginning work in your life. There's a beginning. And that you and I get into the middle of it and the enemy challenges us. The enemy comes along in the middle of that work, just like he came to Jesus, and he said, why don't you turn these bread, these stones into bread? Why don't you go up and reveal yourself at the temple and throw yourself off? Why don't you do these certain things? The enemy was trying to get Jesus off his game. He's trying to do the same thing to you and I. Because in every situation that you and I experience, there's a start, there's a beginning, there's a middle where it gets very, very difficult. But God says, I'm the God of the finish, and I'm going to take you to the finish. Let me leave you with this. Has God begun a work in your marriage? Has he begun to do a work in your marriage? 
Is there a work that he's begun in your marriage? Is there a work that he's begun to do within you as parents? Is there a new work that God's building in you, working in you, working in your kids? There's a new work that's happening in your family. Is there a new work that he's begun within you as parents? Is there a work that God's begun in your family, in your relationships, your extended family? Is there a work that he's begun there? And you find yourself in the middle, and it's so difficult, and it looks like it's relationally impossible, but you know deep in your heart, God began, he's begun a work there. Is there a work that God's begun in your children? Is there a work that he's begun in your teenager or your student? Is there a work there that he's, he's doing, that he's begun there? Is there a work that he's doing in your spouse? Is there something right now that God's doing in your spouse? He's begun a new work in your spouse. And lastly, is there a new work that he's begun in you? Is there something new that God's doing inside of you? Is there something that he's begun, there's a starting line for it, inside of you? Here's God's promise to you this morning, and here's what I want to leave you with. God promises that he's in the boat with you. He's in the boat with you. He's in this church with you. He's placed you in this house, in this boat. And the reason he's done it, the reason that you're here today is by no accident. The reason that God has placed you in this boat called the church, called Luminous Church, is because he's going to take you from here over to there. You are not going under. You are not going to fail. You are going to make it through whatever the greatest challenge is that you're facing right now, whatever financial difficulty or debt you're facing. God says if you will stay in this boat. The Bible also calls it if you will remain in me, if you'll remain in the vine. Jesus says my promise to you is I got you started and I'm going to take you and your family, and your kids, and your finances, and your life, I'm going to take you to the finish line. That's the promise that God gives each and every one of us through the scriptures, and that's the promise that God wants you to take hold of today. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this great church. I thank you for Luminous Church. I thank you for Pastor Ben and, and Brandy and the amazing work that's happening here. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving now on people's hearts. And right now, Father, I'm asking that for every person that's in this room, that's in the middle of a great struggle, that's in the middle of a great difficulty, where finances, it seems like they're drowning, where relational difficulties seem like they're overwhelming, where their spouse seems like it's not going to work. It looks bad in the middle. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd speak to their heart right now. And God, I pray, Lord, that they would know that you called them to start, that you got in this boat called the local church with them. And as long as they'll remain in the boat, you're going to take them from here over to there. Father, I ask that you would do that supernatural work in every heart and in every life today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.